I've moved probably 15 or 20 times in my life. And I know that whenever you're moving, no matter what the situation or circumstance, it's always stressful. And that's why I'm so glad I found From Here to There. From Here to There is a moving and logistics company located in Lexington, Kentucky, proudly serving the lower 48. And they are a premium in logistics, moving, and white glove delivery with an emphasis on integrity, quality, and efficiency. They bring ease to what could be a stressful situation. So from local item delivery to a rearrange to a long distance move, From Here to There is there for you. So just dial 859-893-2602 or visit fromheretotherky.com. And if you mention this podcast, you get 10% off your next move. Hey there, Katie Tupin here, and you're listening to or watching Tupin Talks, the podcast in which I talk about whatever I want to talk about to whoever I want to talk about it to. And this week, I am talking to my friend Anna Mesh. Anna is an actress. She was cast in a Netflix show that I binge-watched personally, so I was so excited to talk to her about that experience, as well as pick her brain a little bit selfishly about... Uh, acting because I'm so curious and fascinated because the music world and the acting world just really don't overlap at all. So it was really interesting for me to talk to her about that. Uh, But I do want to point out if you're watching this episode on YouTube or Facebook that I am in a hotel room (laughs) and uh, maybe if you're listening the audio quality isn't what it normally is. The audio quality will improve uh, for our conversation because it is pre-taped but um, I'm in a hotel room I can't tell you where I am or why I'm here, but you'll find out very, very soon. And I'll I'll talk all about it here uh, in a few weeks. But uh, I do apologize for the uh, for the quality of the recording. All right, I do want to thank our wonderful sponsors because without sponsorship, these episodes would not be possible. I want to thank from here to there, the Kentucky Botanical Company, Hope Rocks, and Topo Chico. Uh, All things that I love indoors would be talking about uh, had they not sponsored the podcast. So I am so grateful for their involvement. And if you are interested in sponsorship, if you're interested in being involved with the podcast, you can always text me. My number is 1-502-878-7460. And yes, that's really me. I really do respond. And for all of those who think that I'm like, you know, it's a robot or whatever, it's not my real phone number. You can't call it. You can't, you can try, you cannot call it, but you can text it. And it's a texting number that I can actually text you back at. So it is really me. I really do text you. Say hello. Even if you don't want to sponsor the podcast, it's totally cool. I'm very friendly. Okay. Um, So yeah, I have some stuff I got to do today, so I better get to it, but I hope you enjoy this conversation. See you guys next time. All right, I am here with Anna Mesh, and she is joining me from Los Angeles, correct? And uh, her and I met at my ex-boyfriend's gym a while back, and we followed each other on Instagram. And I'm so glad that I never stopped following you because we don't really know each other. But I always found you super interesting. You're always doing really cool stuff. Um, you're acting and um, and you got cast in a big uh, TV show that me and my boyfriend are currently binging. And I'm so glad oh. you decided <laughs> to jump on my podcast. Hi. Hi. Well, thanks for watching. It's very nice. Um, and I'm glad we met too because... I've found, especially post-pandemic, that I'm connecting more and more with people 
that I have followed on social media for years and never connected with. Yeah, it's been it's been really I've met more people during the pandemic than I think I ever did, like even as a touring musician, you know, now that I'm wow. not off on the road, I'm like literally the Instagram stuff and podcasts and live streaming. It's it's kind of awesome. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've been loving the show. Me and my boyfriend every night. There are going to be no spoilers. Um, we go to <laughs> sleep and we're like, who did it? Who killed? Or, oh, I know. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. It gets like so intense. <laughs> it's so intense. So those of you uh, that are watching or listening, Anna is on a show called uh, Tiny Pretty Things and her her character is Cassie Shore and on the very first thing in the very first episode she gets pushed off a roof and the whole show is about like trying to figure out who pushed her off the roof and so it's um it's it's fantastic and the acting in it is fantastic but every actor in it is also an amazing dancer and i imagine there's no stunt doubles right yeah there's no stunt doubles i used a stunt double um on one thing, this girl Mia, who was amazing, because um, I was injured. I hadn't danced in years before the show. Um, and my character wasn't supposed to dance. Uh, they were going to hire a non-dancer. And, um, and then when they found out that I was a dancer, they were like, oh, well, we'll just... We'll just sneak that in there then. Um, so there were some things that I was like, I haven't danced in years like trust me you don't want me to do this on camera <laughs> i think in episode episode one is where there's some parts where mia doubled me and then um episode seven which is where i do um a dream dance scene that was me we just watched that episode and it's so good really yeah, we just I watched that it. episode. That that particular dreams. Uh, so so for those of you who haven't seen the show, she appears occasionally in people's uh, dreams uh, as the or every episode, right? Every episode there's a dream, mm -hmm. and um and it's their interpretation of who Cassie is. You know, their perspective of who Cassie is, and um and that episode you do dance and you're amazing. You you're doing some. Are you doing some of it? It looked like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing all of it in that one. Okay, yeah, the, yeah. The choreographer, Jen, she was really, um, it was kind of a collaboration of, of me, her, and um, the other actor, Michael. And we kind of just figured out what worked to make it really romantic and beautiful, but also manageable for me and not hurting you know my previous injuries and stuff so you are a dancer uh you are a dancer before you were an actor um right you were danced all growing up is that correct yeah i danced um for 16 years just ballet and then um right before starting in my first company fell and got injured and had to have surgery and that was that wow that sounds like a pretty bad injury yeah it was a bummer yeah, that's a bummer. I um, I actually shattered my my elbow um, snowboarding when I was eighteen. Oh. I had a, spi a spiral compound fracture in my left arm, and they almost amputated my arm. I'll show you. I have a I have a scar that 
proves that proves it. You can you see that? Oh wow! Um, so I have like a a 12, 13 inch scar on my elbow. I had <gasps> seventeen screws and three plates in my arm, and they almost cut my arm off. Um, but oh I used God. to be this like daredevil, like I would go do all these adventurous things. And when I when I did that, I I just got a lot more careful. I don't know. Did, mm. did, did your injury have that effect on you where it just like kind of changed, it changed me per permanently? Well, I feel like, um, your injury is way worse and, um, scarier because you could have <laughs> lost your arm. Uh, for me, it was more, um, it was more that it permanently, permanently changed me because it changed what I had been working on since I was four years old. Mm -hmm. So, um, it didn't change, you know, how I take care of my body or anything like that, but it, it changed my life in the way that like, I had to stop the only thing that I knew I loved and had to figure out like a new, um, version of myself because I was always known as the dancer. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. I wasn't the dancer and I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So who am I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. And, and so you had to make this kind of decision. Is that when you started going and in, went into acting immediately after that or, or what was the progression? Yeah. Like? Immediately. Yeah. I did. My mom was an actress, um, in a theater actress in New York when she was, um, when she was my age. And then, so I, she was my first acting teacher when I was a little girl and I was like, dang, I really love acting, but I've committed my life to ballet. I'm not going to throw this away. So my plan was to retire early from ballet and then to start acting late. And when I had the surgery, it was just kind of a, a no brainer that like, all right, this is the next step I'm going to take. And my parents very, very generously, um, I mean, I, I was really depressed afterwards and, uh, to kind of get me out of it, they were like, we will pay for you to try acting, to try an acting class and see how you like it. And I tried it and it was just like, I'm never doing anything else. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, that's yeah. nice that you kind of immediately found your next thing. I mean, I mean, how lucky is that? You know, I mean, yeah, but it's also like, that story is crazy because you're in this show, like how synchronous that you get cast this part in this show. It's like that role was made for you. Yeah, yes. totally. Totally. Yeah. It, it did feel that way. And it was also, it was really scary, but <clears throat> also therapeutic because I have a lot of negative feelings towards the ballet world. And, um, I, felt a lot of that negativity coming back when we were filming because we were taking ballet class every morning and I just I just would feel like that that dread that would set in before class or like the the negative talk about myself or you know the the looking in the mirror and hating what I see and all these things and I was like damn I can't um I can't continue down this road because the past eight years of not being a dancer have been amazing. 
And now I'm presented with ballet in a new light. I can look at it in a totally different way. So why aren't I taking this opportunity to love it the way I should love it? And um, and the showrunner, Michael McLennan, really helped with that. He was really patient with my, you know, with my, um, I guess, just like skill coming back slowly and patient with my frustrations in myself and all of the cast kind of were on the same boat. Like, are we actors or are we dancers right now? You know, are we gonna kill ourselves trying to make everything perfect in class or are we gonna take it easy and be kind to ourselves to prepare for our, you know, 12 to 16 hour day on set? Yeah. So I mean, that seems, seems like it was weird. Really, how, how long, how long was the process of shooting and preparing for, for that show? So that they season? got there a month before me and, okay. um, I was the last to be cast. So I think that they were there six months and I was there five months. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. Um, yeah. well, is there going to be a season two? There's not. Oh, that is I, I would know. hate to tell my boyfriend that later today because we, re- we <laughs> really know, love this show. That is well, such a thanks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We well, were really, really upset, but, you know, it is what it yeah. is. Well, it really is so well done, and it is so amazing. I've never seen a show where all the actors are just such incredible dancers. I mean, it's it's so fun to watch all those dance sequences and all the choreography. It's really, really amazing. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens to your character. I'll, I'm sure I'll, we'll binge the rest of it tonight. But um, uh, I hope so. <laughs> I, yeah, we will. We will. I'll text you. Um, <laughs> um, so another, th- okay. So one of the reasons I was asking you about your transition is because I... I'm currently like trying to transition more into acting from music. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I've had this career in music for like 13 years and I'm a little like bored of it. Not bored of it, just want to sort of add on to it and feel stretched because I'm in a position where I'm never outside of my comfort zone. I never feel afraid. I never feel the butterflies anymore. And I got cast in a short film a couple of years ago, just out of nowhere. And I thought the same thing you did, which was, this is amazing. Like, I don't, I don't want to do anything else. You know, this is an outlet that, that is so much, um, you know, music and performing it's, it's over here. It, it, it covers this, but acting really covers like this whole spectrum of human existence, you know, uh, creatively. And it's so encompassing. So what was that transition like? Like, can you, can you elaborate on that? Well, first of all, I think that's awesome that you're doing that because um, it's just really easy to continue doing what you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's not the way that we should live. You should do what you love. And if what you know eventually isn't what you love, then it's no more. Like it's not serving what it's supposed to serve. So I think that's awesome. And you're going to do Thank great. You. And Thank you. Um, the transition into that way, what was your original question? <laughs> like how, what, what was that transition like into acting? I mean, you did have some resources because you had your mother, but mm-hmm. outside of that, you know, what was that like? How did you kind of first start um, out in acting? 
So it started out, um, well, the, the, the mom thing helped in, um, the way that she's really understanding in the struggle and, um, she's never like, so when's your next job? Like, I don't get why you're not working. Uh, she's really patient with all of that. And whenever like, you know, my dad will, I'll like say that I just did this audition or talk about an audition. And then a week later, he'll be like, so anything about that audition? And my mom will be like, Luke, like, she'll tell us if she, you know, Leave she's her like, alone. really. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, he's just such an excitable person. They're both just like so supportive. But um, I do think having her being in acting has helped a lot with um, just not feeling the, the pressure. Um, but it's hard. It's really, I mean, just yesterday I cried in the shower. <laughs> it's just what like, did you cry in the shower about? I, I was just like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? I want a life where like, I know where my next job is and I know how much my next check is going to be. And I know that you know, even though my money is running out, I'm going to have the next one next month, or I know that I'll never have to touch my savings or just like, it's really for me, mostly financial worry. And, um, because having a side career is hard. Having a side job, like working in a restaurant or doing that is, you know, it's a bummer, yeah. but it's what you do and it's what everyone does. Um, but having a side career that can actually support a family when you decide to have a family or, um, you know, help you buy a house or whatever, realistically, you're going to take time away from acting if you pursue another career. So, um, that part is really hard. And, um, also just how much is out of your control. I had, I auditioned for this big movie and I got pretty far and I, I met with the director and, um, I like, I did this, this audition where I had to like cry. And then when I was done, I looked up and he had tears in his eyes and I was like, Oh my God, I nailed that. Like this couldn't <laughs> have gone better. So happy yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, they cast a huge actress and I was like, why <laughs> did you bring me in? Like this clearly you had already offered her the job. Like you were just waiting. And also legally they have to audition a certain amount of actors. Wow. So I'm going to take my earrings off because they keep clanking on my headphones. Um, and so it was just one of those, it was one of those like, totally out of my control. Why would I even go in there in the first place? Just kind of a letdown. And, um, other times it's just, it's so out of your control. I've watched shows yeah. before where I haven't yeah. been cast yeah. and been like, that girl looks exactly like me, talks exactly like me. That could have been me, but they went a different way. Or I'll watch yeah. it and be like, Oh, I never could have given them what they wanted. I never saw the character that right. way. I, I, right. yeah, that role was not. So it really, 
for me, the way I've balanced the past eight years of just like auditioning and being told no over and over and over and over again, and then having the one yes every once in a while has been to build a life outside of acting that I really love. Uh So having, you know, I, I love to go surfing, having that, having, um, you know, friends that I can do social things with having a day job that keeps me happy and entertained. And then when the odd yes comes in, okay, cool. Like that's, that's awesome. I was also happy not having the yes, but I'm even happier now with the yes. Yeah. So I think putting, um, putting less, uh, pressure on booking a job is really the only way that you can survive this career. Yeah. I mean, it's not all that different from the music world, really. I mean, uh, in that regard, I just had a conversation recently. So I, I don't have a label and I, um, and I, I, basically self-managed in music. Um, prior to me doing a solo thing, I was in a band that did really well and we toured the world and I had a platinum song and it was like this whole big thing. So when I left the band, I thought, oh, well, there'll be something waiting for me. Well, there wasn't. <laughs> I have had to kind of do it all over again, which is all, mm. it's all fine. And I've totally made peace with that part of it. But I do find certain things um, that there have been things that have been discouraging along the way. And it's exactly what you're saying. It's not necessarily the quality of your performance or the quality of the thing that you're doing. It's this other stuff that is in the way. And it's not uh, for me, you know, the things that I find about music that are uh, wonderful are making the music and sharing the music, but it's all the other stuff that can make music really, really hard. Um, But I I just had a conversation recently with a, a, a really big, uh, president of a, of a label who's a friend of mine. And I sent him some stuff and he was like, you know, I was like, I was, like, I was in this discouraged place. Cause I go through different, different ebbs and flows of how I'm, how I am. And I was in a little bit of a dark place. And I said, you know, what, what can I do? Like, what else can I do? Because, um, I don't have a label. I don't have support. Everything I do is because I do it. And, um, and he listened to it and he said, well, it's really good. And he starts Googling the numbers and he starts saying, well, the sales here have been this and this and this, and it's just the number, we don't have the numbers. And it was just like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, mm. like that's such an ugly part of it because it wasn't the quality of the music, wasn't the quality of production or songwriting or anything like that. All these things that I've dedicated my life to, um, it's a number or, and that's kind of it. And, um, and, and it is what it is, but you know, I luckily, I, I'm, I'm like you, um, since having left the band, I, um, I realized I didn't want all my identity wrapped up in that one thing anyways, you know, yeah. it, the, your self-worth wrapped up in one thing is, is not a good look, you know, when that thing isn't yeah. going well, you know, I think out of all the arts, music is like the worst one to be in. <laughs> I just think it's like extreme <laughs> because everything is just you you know, at the beginning. And unless you're signed with someone and you're, you know, blah, 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 then it becomes something else. But um, throughout most people's career, it's just them and it's expensive. And, you know, it's like what you're saying with the numbers, 
okay, well, what about like if someone signed me or like someone helped me get, then the numbers would go up. But it's like this, it's this- Chicken and egg. You have to do something big enough to where other people want to jump on. They want the money to already be there before they're willing to help you, which is very Mm -hmm. frustrating because Mm -hmm. um, it would be a lot easier for the money to be there if they just helped. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I do this. uh, I have this thing called Camp Katie and it's, um, it's for up and coming artists and it's uh, sort of a, sort of an online resource or mentorship to help people navigate um, the music industry when they're first starting out. And, um, and I think that's really important what you said about, you know, maintaining the quality of you want, you want this, like it's, you have a vision for what you want you to do in your career, you know, and, um, there's keeping, keeping quality control, I think is probably a really important part of what you're doing, you know, um, saying yes to things and knowing that you can say no. Um, you know, I think I've, I've made the same decision as far as playing shows. I, I will play shows that I want to play, but I'm not going to go out and, and bust my ass for nine months out of the year to play for 10 people in, uh, in the middle of nowhere, you know, like, I'm just not going to do yeah. it because, because I'm, I'm, I'm 32. I like, I just know what I want and I know what's what I, um, I'm capable of giving and c- capable of, of maintaining. And I know what is yeah. going to continue to drive my passion. You know, I still yeah. love music. You know, I want to add this acting thing on, but I also um, have had to make adjustments in my life so that I maintain loving music. And I think that's part of me wanting to do the acting thing is like, I want to still love music. So I need like other things I can do. Yeah. 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 You it's know. building a life outside of music that you love. This episode is brought to you by Hope Rocks. Hope Rocks is a grassroots organization dedicated to enlightening, educating, empowering, and engaging a community response to the epidemic of despair and death caused by addiction, depression, and social isolation. It is fast becoming recognized nationally for its unique and community-based approach for breaking down barriers and stigma associated with these issues. It's an organization whose mission is to help people see the light within so they can shine to the world. For more information, follow them on social platforms or check them out at hoperocksny.com. You guys know I am pretty obsessed with Topo Chico. Topo Chico is the best sparkling water on the planet, and now you have no reason not to try it because they have to-your-door delivery available on their website. It's topochico.com, T-O-P-O-C-H-I-C-O.com, and they also do awesome things. They partner with artists like me, like this podcast, and they have provided tons of swag for our giveaways here on Tupa Talks. And a lot of that swag is part of their collaboration with another artist, a visual artist uh, named Hey Sue. And, and we're doing a lot of giveaways here on Tupin Talks. All you have to do is comment and share on the live premieres and you can win some of that swag for free. And, yeah, and it, is, it is important to, in music or in acting or in any other, you know, in any other career, to do what you said, build something that, that you're capable of maintaining, because if you're unhappy, you know, if I, if I take a job that, and really my, my team, my, my agents, my manager, and also my publicist, when she books me things like they know what I, what will make me happy and what will not make me happy. And if I tell them, 
you know what? I just, I don't really want this. Like I can't, I, I don't take it seriously or like, I honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to watch myself on this or something like that. They're, they're so understanding. They're like, yeah, got it. It's not your cup of tea. And then, and then they know, you know, like, okay, for next time we know that she, she's not into this. But with that being said, I mean, at the end of the day, actors are kind of like the, the bottom of the barrel in this industry. They're just, it's funny because they're the ones you see on the red carpet with the awards, with the glam and with the blah, blah, blah. But they're also the ones that end up begging for jobs. You know, of course, Meryl Streep's not begging, but at the beginning, you are the beggars. You're, you know, you're, you're begging the director, you're begging the producer, you're, you're begging the agents to sign you. You're begging the manager to sign you. You're begging the, you know, the publicist. Like, it's just a nonstop circle of like, trust me, I will like make it worth your time. Trust me. (laughs) Well, how do you manage that? You know, because, because I I think that's another thing musicians run into too, is, is the, we're told we need to say yes to everything because the opportunities it's when you have an opportunity, you have to walk through that door. You have to take it, you have to take it. And I've really switched my mentality on all of that, you know, and, um, I, I now think the thought there are endless opportunities, you know, there's endless opportunities. So I, you know, I, I tell myself that regularly because I think we, we, are most of us are conditioned for a scarcity mindset of this opportunity, you know, you better take it. It's never going to come back around. And sometimes that's the case, but most of the time, if it's like not the right thing and we're taking like, so I, you know, I was in a band that was very successful and it wasn't probably the healthiest thing for me, but it felt like, well, this is my opportunity. This is my chance. And as it would go along, um, I wasn't getting a happier, I, you know, it got more and more successful, but I wasn't necessarily getting happier um, because it wasn't the right thing. But I kept just taking the opportunity after opportunity after opportunity because I was afraid I would never, ever get it again. And I ended up with a life that I was very unhappy with. I do feel as, as an artist, um, if there was a, if I ever felt like I was sacrificing my integrity to do something, that would be challenging. You know what I mean? like battling, mm. battling that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sac- sacrificing my creative or quality control, you know, um, that mm-hmm. would be, that would be, that would be hard. I think t- in the way of like, um, transitioning to like auditioning for stuff and just being like, you know, taking whatever you can get, like, that would be that, that is what I futurize being a difficult transition for totally, me. You know? Totally. And, and, and honestly, like, for for me, it was a difficult transition going from tiny, pretty things to then, you know, going back to square one. It was really, I loved being on that show. And we still have our cast group chat. We like, I mean, I made best friends out of some of those cast members and I yeah. see them. I see some of them a lot. Um, but I think one of the hardest things in the show being canceled um, was just the fact that I felt like I was back at square one in my career. And mm-hmm. a lot of people will be like, well, you're not back at square one because you have this under your belt and da, 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 which is true. But um, it's it doesn't make 
you know, the, the pill any easier to swallow. It's, yeah. it's really, it, I don't know why they canceled it. Really it is so good. It's so good. So much. I can't, was so there much. somewhere I can go vote for like season two? You know, <laughs> Netflix, it's the same thing what you're saying that like that the president of the company had said to you, it's, it's really all about numbers. Why and don't they just throw they, it on the homepage of Netflix for a day and <laughs> see what happens? Well, so at the beginning it was, we were number one for like yeah. 10 days in a row in the U S number one, all over the world. And, but they still look at the numbers and Netflix has wow. so many successful shows, you know, they really know what they're doing. And so, although we, you know, we're really upset about it and it was a, a blow to all of our egos, um, you just got to trust the process. And, um, and, and yeah, I think also knowing that you know, my, my family always jokes that like they can never get excited for me in anything because I'm always like, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Like, and so, you know, like when I booked the show, I was like, but don't get your hopes up. I haven't signed the papers yet. And they're like, okay. And then I signed the papers. And I'm like, but don't get your hopes up. I haven't been flown yeah. out yet. And then yeah. I fly on. I'm like, but don't get your hopes up. It doesn't count until like, literally I'm on set starting shooting. And finally they're like, when can we get excited for this? <laughs> <laughs> and so I do think that I, um, I did a, a, a pretty good, I did as best as I could. Um, with the show of not getting carried away, you know, when it first released and, and, and we got press and we got this and not being like, this is my life now, you know? All right, cool. This is the beginning of it for me because I've dealt with so much rejection. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is not yeah. the beginning for me. This is the same. This is still the struggle. This is still, this could still come crashing down. I could still be disappointed. I could still go back to, you know, being broke. I, there's so many, it's just mm -hmm. like this. Your yeah. whole life. I mean, that, I ran into that in the music stuff too, or it's like, you know, I was in this band and it was, it was super popular and when it got, you know, I was, and, but I was a little bit younger and I was so full of myself and so like, you know, whatever. And then mm. when all of that was gone, it was like, oh, like, you know, it's not, doesn't, it's no guarantee that it's going to last forever, you know? Right. And, uh, right. There just right. isn't, you know, even if you get as far as you want to get in music, uh, people still will forget you. Um, <laughs> yes, people will forget you. And there's always something new coming out. There's always, always like, uh, and people are always craving something new. So you post all the time about marine life, uh, you know, animal awareness, wildlife yeah. protection. <laughs> Let's talk about that for just a little bit. We have a little bit more time. And I was like, I'm going to like this girl because she loves animals and I love animals. And so if nothing else, that's what we can talk about. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm seriously, I'm obsessed with animals. And I think, you know, more than oh my dog's asking to come up. Okay. More oh. than, um, I guess like really my, my like crazy passion is wildlife and, um, oh my God. <laughs> Okay. Hi, Puppers. We like you. You're welcome. Are you good? 
um, for those of you who are just listening, the dog has uh, joined Anna on the couch and is looking directly at her, like so lovingly, like find somebody that looks at you the way that Anna's dog looks at her. (laughs) They are now nuzzling. <laughs> yeah, they're having a moment. This is, this okay, is getting they're, intense. They're, uh, I feel like I might need to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she's just so we we rescued her from a rescue. They got her from Mexico and she was found in a box with puppies and covered in mange she was just like almost hairless no and now she's just the most beautiful, beautiful. thing that's ever she has a bl- was there blue eyes or one blue eye she's so pretty she has one blue eye and one wow. brown eye wow that's so pretty i mean she's a model but i grew up my, <laughs> we grew up in um in developing countries and uh so like mostly in cuba and then jamaica you grew for up while. in cuba yeah wow yeah yeah and um there were a lot of stray cats and dogs and um my mom was like no (laughs) we can't just like walk away from these poor animals my dad my dad lives in argentina and they end up with so many pets you know it's like oh my god you can't help it you can help it oh my god there was a dog i was there visiting and the you know there's like the all the neighborhood stray dogs and this neighbor threw boiling water on a dog just because such a thing yeah what is that yeah Yeah. i really we saw that so much and it's just it's disgusting i mean the way that it's disgusting i i don't understand the um the way that we i mean would you throw boiling water on a human you know like i I don't understand why we view human life as so much more valuable than animal life and of course you know like okay if you have to choose between you know your mother or your dog like okay like you you're gonna choose your mom but (laughs) um (laughs) but i i i i see that in wildlife for me, it's, I'm all about, you know, environmentalism and and sustainability because of wildlife. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that what makes us more important than the whales and the sharks and the sea turtles and the dolphins and, and, you know, every, all the kinds of fish, every marine life, what makes us more valuable? Nothing nothing no you know like they are there not disrupting the planet we are here disrupting the planet and disrupting them and i i don't really understand how you know people talk about you know vegetarianism veganism because that's such a big part of like the animal community and uh people say you can't love animals and still eat meat and i disagree with that i'm vegetarian and i mostly eat plant-based but i disagree with the fact that people can't eat meat in a sustainable humane way Uh and i think what pushes people away from vegetarianism and veganism is that 
oh, well, it's just a big, like, it's just a big to do, you know, it's such a trendy thing or it's like, oh, these people don't believe that our bodies are made to eat meat, but our bodies are made. It's like, it becomes such a yeah. just irrelevant conversation. And it's really, well, how can you continue eating meat the way that you like to eat meat in a way that is still respectful of mm -hmm. life around you? You know, my, my parents still eat meat and they eat it probably, you know, four times a week, which is perfect. And mm -hmm. uh, they get their meat from a farm that they mm -hmm. go to during COVID. I mean, it's usually packaged, but during COVID they had to go to the farm. And so they see how the animals are raised and yeah. they make sure it's all humane. And, and if everyone were to do that, the fact yeah. is that you couldn't eat meat at every meal because it's no. not sustainable. The farmer can't keep up with that. No. So yeah, there, there's a real problem. There's a real, real problem with the, with factory farming and, um, and, and, you know, I eat meat. I, I limit how much meat I eat. My boyfriend's a vegetarian and, um, I, uh, I don't eat a lot of red meat, you know, and I, when I, so I moved from Los Angeles back here to Kentucky during the pandemic. And one of the things I did was to try to find a place where I could get, um, you know, organically sourced meat on, you know, where I could knew where it was coming from. And I'm in Kentucky mm -hmm. where there's farms all around me and I can't find it. The only place wow. I can go is whole, there's a whole foods and, um, you know, there's a little butcher down the street, you know, I go there and they have a, the cases and the surely that's going to be meat that is, they know where it came from. No, I mean, it's amazing to me, wow. uh, that, you know, that, the that, and it's also disgusting. Like if you've driven, you know, up, up California and you pass those factory farms that you can smell for 15 miles either direction, I mean, that's a problem. Yeah. Like nobody needs to yeah. eat that. It's disgusting. Right. Nobody needs to eat that. Nobody needs to live near that. It's a problem for everyone involved. It's a problem for the workers. It's a problem for the people living around those factories. It's a problem for the animals. It's a problem for the consumer. It's a problem for everyone. And, and, you know, being Jonathan, my boyfriend eats meat also. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's no shame in eating meat, even if you're an animal lover. The shame is in supporting an industry that does it so grossly. Mm -hmm. And I really think the only way to put an end to it is to just spike the prices of factory farmed meat. And a lot of times people who are against, you know, vegetarians and vegans and think, you know, we should eat meat at every meal are kind of like the all American people. And I think that those people just don't understand how much better it would be for everyone involved if we ate locally. And mm -hmm. if we ate, you know, if we ate meat on a, you know, like you, like less often that it would help the farmer, it would help middle America, it would help with jobs, it would help, it would help all of these things because you wouldn't have factory farmers who are inhaling gross things every day and then getting sick later on down the line and then having to pay for, you know, their medical bills. You wouldn't mm -hmm. pay for 
the feed of, you know, just millions and millions and millions of animals. Like, there's just so, there's just so much bad in factory farming and there's so mm. much good in local, mm. small, small farming. Yeah. And it's possible. Yeah. My, my mom grew up on a dairy farm and so she milked, um, she milked cows and they had a small dairy farm and, um, and that was a family farm, you know, and, and on their farm, they, she, we asked her, we said, how much meat did you all eat growing up? You know, they would only meet, eat meat a couple times a week. Uh, they would eat vegetables from their garden. They would drink milk mm. from their cows, but, um, at the, and you know, they had enough cows to where they all could go eat grass and, you know, and they were fine and it was a very yeah. sustainable thing. And, um, and I found that so interesting, like how often she actually ate meat, even though she grew up on a farm, was just a couple times a week um, that they would eat it, you know. And and there really is this. Uh, I don't know why we think a meal isn't complete without meat involved in it, you know. I think yeah. that's weird. Yeah. That's a weird. It must have been some marketing ploy at some point in time, but it really stuck. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> you know? really did. It really they did their jobs for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and we don't even being like. I was, I was at the gym and, um, one of the coaches had told me, I was like, I'm, I'm working out so much. I'm not seeing like, like the changes that I want to see. And he was like, do you eat meat? And I said, no. And he said, just try eating meat, you know, a couple times a week. And I did. And I'd be honest with you. I did see changes <laughs> like, yeah. like really? a six pack just like kind of came out of nowhere. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. And, um, I, and I achieved that look that I wanted from eating meat two times a week mm. and at one meal, two times a week. And eventually, you know, went, went back to my vegetarian ways and like, I, I just won't eat meat now, yeah. but, um, that, not eating meat is way more valuable to me than getting a six pack. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, wasn't the strongest man on earth a vegan though? Like that's a thing. Like one of the yes. biggest body deals. Yes. My boy. So yes. my, my boyfriend's your boyfriend too. Well, he's your boyfriend eats meat. My boyfriend is six foot four, like 210 pound dude. And he was, wow. he was, he was a vegetarian. He grew up vegetarian. His parents raised him vegetarian. And so it really puts like all of that to bed to me. Like, I think it's, you can get protein, you know? Yes, you, you can, can get, get protein. And also what, what made it weird for me was like, what is the point? Like I, there's, there's some, it's usually men that I run into that are like, yeah, but like, I won't, I won't be like as swole. I'm like, first of all, you can be, but, um, second of all, why do you want to be so swole? My boyfriend. Like, <laughs> why can't he be so what are we compensating for here? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you so like, obsessed with this? Like and why does big is your pickup truck is what we really need. Yes. Know, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, can you trade your muscles for your pickup truck? Can we just do a swap there? Because uh, what, at what expense, you know, it's the same thing for me with like sustainable shopping, buying clothes from sustainable companies or secondhand clothes. It's like, what? All right. Well, I really want these shoes. They're super cute. Um, can I find a similar pair at a thrift store? Yes, most mm -hmm. likely. And if not, yeah. I can find probably the exact same looking pair at a sustainable company. So um, am I going to 
allow myself to buy this shoe that's going to be thrown away and never biodegrade, you know, just end up somewhere sitting on our planet for years and years and years and years um, because I want to wear it a couple times. No. And it's the same argument that I see people, you know, use for lessening meat consumption. It's like, do you really, is, is your 10 second gain, five second gain of tasting that meat at every meal worth the disgustingness of factory farming? No, it's just not. It, well, and, and people really just do put blinders up and say, I'm just not going to think about that, you know, and, and, and that's a shame, you know, that's just a shame because it's, it's a real, it's a real easy fix and it doesn't require very much. It actually requires doing nothing. You just don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? But I'm, but, I'm with, <laughs> but, I'm with, but I'm with you too about um, sustainability in general. Uh, you know, my boyfriend, he owns a moving company. So we get a lot of secondhand furniture and I see um, him regularly taking truckloads of stuff to the dump, truckloads of stuff to donate because people will, um, uh, uh, you know, move their house and then they want new furniture, you know? And so they'll just donate it all, which is a lot better than, you know, but then yeah. some, a lot of this stuff ends up in the dump, like pianos, my God, don't ever buy a piano yes. there. Somebody is giving yes. one away. And, um, yes. you know, there's yes. all kinds of stuff like that. And if you're, you know, he, he really helped me with that too. And I mean, I've gotten so much stuff, um, dishes like plates, uh, at estate sales, like, Yes. Gorgeous dishes. Gorgeous, gorgeous dishes don't resell. They don't resell. Yeah. They do not retain any value. So like you can get like beautiful dishes for like free. You don't have to go buy new stuff all the time. So I'm all about, uh -huh. I'm all about like that kind of stuff too. Um, and it's more fun. And it's like, I love the search of it all too, you know? Yes. It makes <laughs> it like, it makes it more challenging. It makes consumerism more, um, more challenging, which is what it should be because the problem, you know, we have is like our H&M, our Forever 21. And when I see, sometimes I get so angry when I, which I'm, I'm working on like not <laughs> judging so much, but I get so angry when I see people with like a major platform partnering with H&M, partnering with this company, partnering with that company that are doing terrible things for our environment, terrible mm -hmm. things for their workers, terrible things for the ocean, like just awful all around. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's just too easy. It's hard to deal with. I actually looked at a farm. I'm in Kentucky. I looked at a farm the other day to buy because I was like, I just want animals. I just want to like, like when I look at my horse rescues on my phone, I can be like, you know what? Come on home. <laughs> oh my God, you should do it. And then you can get all the dogs you want. Cheeto can Wouldn't stay in the house, so... in the room. Yep. And then all yep. the other dogs can be like outdoor with like a barn. barn and, then you can set yes. up a and then you can come oh visit God. and you can come snuggle. All oh my God, that'd be <laughs> so nice. And you could get cows. I love cows. Dude, I do you follow um, the gentle barn on Instagram? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. People are snuggling cows regularly. Every time I see that, I'm like, yep, definitely never eating a hamburger. Again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah when it. you're, it's... when you're back, um, there's a, a farm rescue called saving grace animal sanctuary. Okay. And they, um, it's just a husband and wife uh -huh. and they rescue farm animals and, um, you just go and you just pet 
all the animals and it's amazing they have like they have pigs and and llamas and cows and donkeys and the donkeys are so cuddly and Aww. horses and um and their thing is that they don't they they want to show these animals that humans can be good and so they don't um encourage they you do you can feed the llamas but they don't really encourage you to feed other animals cuz they don't want the animals to just like humans for food. Mm -hmm. They want the mm -hmm. animals to see that humans can show them compassion. Just and so when you see, yeah, when you see some of these like, these poor donkeys that were so badly abused, and when oh. you see them just come up and like nuzzle you, you're like. <gasps> Are you familiar with um, the Best Friends Animal Society? Best Friends yes. Animal Society? Okay, yes. I figured they. I'm sure they like would love you. I've done a couple of things with them oh before, but I know that really? they have they have an animal sanctuary in Wyoming, somewhere. <sighs> and oh my god, we should do this together. They have a hotel where you can go and like see their big animals. Where they have like you know all the dogs that they couldn't house elsewhere. They go to this animal sanctuary, like all these dogs and stuff, and you can stay at the hotel. Oh my We could God. find you a cat. <laughs> oh my God. That would be amazing. You gotta check oh that out. Oh my God. Thank God for rescues like them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anna, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Thanks you for are, having me. You're so awesome. I feel like I've, I've made a new friend and I can't wait to be back me in too. LA. <laughs> and, uh, we'll, we'll hang out. <laughs> yeah, come over anytime. Absolutely. And I, I can't wait to, uh, to finish tiny, pretty things tonight. By the time this episode comes out, I will have finished it. And do you have anything, um, coming out, uh, soon that people should be, uh, putting on their radar? Yeah, we, um, I have a movie called the crusades coming out soon. I actually don't know when we haven't, um, set a release date, but it should be sometime in the spring. Uh, it's really good. It's like a, a dark comedy kind of coming of age about this boy uh, who goes to a uh, all boys Catholic school. And he's, um, it's, I, I would say it's like a mixture of um, like Project X and like okay. super bad. Okay. You know, How fun. kind of the two. Yeah, it was so That's fun. very I'm, different I'm really, than, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be good. All right. Well, I can't wait to see it. And where, where can, where will we be able to find that? Do you know? I'm the worst. Like we don't know. We don't have any of that information right now. That's okay. It's okay. The we, crusade. We know, that's all you have to We remember. can all Google it. You know, we'll all Google it. Right. That's well, right. thanks that's again. Right. Thanks again for joining me and we'll have to do this again sometime. I appreciate you and okay. uh, good luck with everything. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Tube and Talks is also brought to you by the Kentucky Botanical Company. The Kentucky Botanical Company is an education-focused distributor of high-quality Kentucky-grown CBD products and was started on the foundation of helping people. With a commitment to natural plant-based wellness, they keep their products as close to the plant as possible by avoiding unnecessary flavors or fillers. From tinctures to highly concentrated topicals, clients find relief from their anxiety, pain, stomach issues, depression, inflammation, and more. Sustainability is another focus of the Kentucky Botanical Company. As a natural progression in holistic wellness, they also offer zero waste products and a full refillery in their retail locations. 
You can find them in Bellevue, Florence, and Covington, Kentucky, as well as at www.kybotanicalco.com or on social media at kybotanicalco. You can also go online and order and use the code TUPINTALKS for 10% off your order.